You play ball like a girl! Aren't you a girl? Gee, good eye. I'm a girl. That doesn't mean I have to wear a skirt. It's not a girl thing. It's not a boy thing. It's a skills thing. When I first started playing tennis, women weren't really encouraged to play sports, let alone excel in sports. Just want to play ball. Welcome to Ball Like a Girl. And here's your host, Olivia Stacy. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome into a new episode of Ball Like a Girl, presented by Heavy.com. I'm your host, Olivia Stacy, and I am really pumped about this week's episode. In case you didn't know this, which you probably do, I am slightly obsessed with football. And over the years, I feel like all of us football fans grow to not only learn each team in the league, but each team of broadcasters, right? We let them into our homes on a weekly basis, sometimes more frequently than a weekly basis, but we feel like we know them. There's something, though, so iconic to me about Sunday night football. As a sports reporter, there are many men and women I admire that I have looked up to over the years, but someone who ranks at the very top of that list for me has been Michelle Tafoya. For years, I've admired her skill set, her versatility, just her overall on-camera presence. But it wasn't until I started booking games as a sideline reporter myself and really working in that role that I had a true appreciation of how demanding that job truly is. It is hard. But Michelle Tavoya makes it look easy. She just nails it every single time, no matter what elements she has to battle with, whether it's snowing, raining, anything could be happening. And and she is always at the top of her game, right? She's succinct, knowledgeable, and personable. And that's something that I have always really admired about her. So clearly when I had a chance to interview her, I had a major fangirl moment. Most of you are familiar with her work, but I have to give you a brief background uh, just to sum up the extensive experience she has in this field. She has covered three Super Bowls. She's about to cover her fourth, been a part of Olympic coverage, and she's been a staple of primetime football broadcasts for more than a decade. She's been with NBC since 2011, but before she worked there, she was the sideline reporter on ABC and ESPN's Monday Night Football broadcasts. So if you know football and if you watch football, you know Michelle Tafoya. She's the first female sports reporter to win an Emmy Award, and she's now in her seventh season, working alongside play-by-play announcer Al Michaels and color commentator Chris Collinsworth. In our conversation today, she shares what it's like to work with Al and Chris. She also gives her take on the decline in NFL ratings and how she balances life as a broadcaster, wife, and mom. She's a very busy woman. So without further ado, here is Michelle Tafoya. Well, hi, Michelle. So great having you join us today. And of course, I know you have had a really busy schedule, but I have to start off talking about the Super Bowl. Clearly, it's going to be a big night for you. You'll be reporting from the sideline and Now we know the stage has been set. It'll be the Eagles versus the Patriots. So first of all, Michelle, are you surprised at all that these are the last two teams standing? And just give us your thoughts overall on the matchup. 
I'm not really surprised about the Patriots. You can never count them out, but their consistency is unbelievable. It's really historic. It really is. I mean, I, we haven't seen anything quite like this in the NFL. And for Philly, you know, I think a lot of people counted them out after Carson Wentz suffered that season-ending knee injury. But uh, you got to give it to Nick Foles, this quarterback who is a really terrific human being, i, I got to say. And he has come in and, and handled the pressure and gotten the support he needs from the coaching staff and his teammates to, to get them to the Super Bowl when everyone thought it was over for the Eagles. So that, that story is certainly more surprising. Now, you have a history, of course, with both teams, but there's an interesting connection you have with the Patriots, and I want to touch on that really quickly. They recognized you with a game ball. Now, that is an unusual gesture, but I'm sure such an honor for you. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that happened? Yeah, you know, I didn't even, I don't keep track of how many games that I do, but the PR staff at NBC Sports does, and they let me know it was going to be my 200th game, and I was kind of surprised by that, um, but I was even more surprised it was a Patriots game. Um, I, I returned home after the game, I got home on Monday, and a day or two later, there was a FedEx at my front door from the Patriots, and I opened it up, and they had had a, a game ball made for me for my 200th game and it was as official a game ball as you're ever going to see <laughs> and I was I was really overwhelmed I mean I have to tell you I, I didn't expect anything like that and I just thought it was such a classy move and um and I really I treasure it I really do now where does one put a game ball is that on display in your home somewhere maybe in, in your home office <laughs> on the mantle <laughs> You know, yeah, we uh, we actually found this little nook down in the lowest level of our house for, for things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's where the game ball is, along with a couple other things. But it's, I've, I've gotten, you know, a few game balls from Super Bowls and things, not that were specifically for me, but sort of souvenirs that, that Al and Chris or Al and John Madden have signed for my kids. And those are some places in the house. But this one was special, um, and it's kind of, by itself on this shelf in the lower <laughs> of our house. Well, Michelle, you've become a trusted, reliable source for football fans, and you've really been a trailblazer for women in sports broadcasting. As a result of your work in the industry, a few days before the Super Bowl, we're going to see you featured in a secret commercial celebrating female first. Why was it important for you to take part in this campaign? Well, first of all, it was a huge honor to be asked. It really was. I thought of all the people they could have talked to, um, I, I was really honored to be asked. It's important to me, um, Secret is such a strong brand, and I don't mean just an effective <laughs> deodorant. I mean, they are <laughs> brands are really strong. I mean, I can remember my mom using Secret when I was a little kid, and I remember the, the, the um the, the phrase was strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. And, and that just started to kind of show them as a, as a, as a supporter of strong women. Um, it, w it was really cool, and that I still can remember that phrase. And so now here we are all the way, and I've got a little girl who's probably observing me using secret deodorant. <laughs> and it's, just, it's, a, it's a cool campaign because it really does um, focus on the notion and really the fact that women can survive and thrive and excel in any industry they want to. And I think when you're doing it in the world of football, which has traditionally been looked at at a man's world, um, you know, and predominantly is, 
Uh, it's just a great combination, and it's like I said, it's just been such an honor to be part of it, and uh, and, and I think they do great work, and I think they champion women and strong women, and hopefully encourage other women to find their strength and to reach deep down and and find what makes them unique and what makes them championship strong. Now, you mentioned having a young daughter yourself. And when you do campaigns like this, or even when you take to a broadcast, you know, live on the field on the sideline, what message do you hope young women will take away from your story, whether it's them seeing you live on TV or as a part of this commercial? Well, I, really, I hope that, that the fact that you're a woman doesn't matter. I mean, it, it matters if you want it to, but it, it really, I... I've never looked at myself as a woman in a man's world. I think other people have looked at me that way, but I've always looked at myself as a journalist as a journalist in the world of journalism. And it happens to be sports journalism, and I love sports, and I always have, and it was always my passion. I always followed sports. I was a huge fan, particularly of the NFL, so I went for it. And it, I didn't, again, I didn't, Certainly, I know I was one of the few in in that era when I first broke in, but there were quite a few, and, and, and there's certainly more now. And um, I don't think of myself as a pioneer. I just don't look at it that way. But, I, but if there is any young person out there, male or female, who wants to be in that industry, I just want to let them know that it, hard work is what gets you there, perseverance of excellence. Um, you know, really sacrificing uh, a lot of your time and your energy and being prepared and doing it the right way um, can catch you as far as you want to go. Now, you know, you, you touched on a really important part, and it kind of ties into something that Al My- Michaels, your colleague, said about you recently. Um, he said, I can't think of anyone, man or woman, who could do your job as perfectly. Now, we've seen the role of a sideline reporter evolve throughout the years. Um, that is clearly such a huge compliment and a testament to all of the hard work that you've put in throughout the years. But what is your approach to that role? And how do you feel you've been able to reach such a high level of success, regardless of your gender? You know, it's funny he uses the word perfect because <laughs> we all strive for it. You're never going to reach it. I, I adore Al, and it's so it's a huge compliment for him to say that. But we do try for perfect. We really do. Um, I, I have such great support from my producer, Fred Gadelli, and my sideline producer, Michelle Froman, and they... They, um, we're a team, and we approach it like a team, and we push each other really, really hard every day. And I, I always rely on a, on a John Wooden saying, the great old UCLA basketball coach, that failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And every time I'm doing the most tedious preparation that I have to do, that I hold myself accountable for doing every day, I keep repeating to myself, okay, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail, so just <laughs> keep preparing and just keep working and it kind of gets you through that um you know you just you think in terms of wanting to be the best and on this crew with al michaels who's is there's nobody better he's set the standard for so many years and chris collinsworth who's just a phenomenal analyst you we all work so hard so we push each other um and we don't leave any stone unturned we prepare for every potential circumstance that could come up during a game and and uh and if we find one that we didn't prepare for we certainly learn from that and we build it into the following week we say we've missed that one we can't miss it again 
how, how do we change our, our approach? So it's just a lot of hard work, a lot of which does not show up during a television broadcast, but believe me, the work is there and we're ready. Well, it is visible. I, I can assure you that your preparation, the hard work does come through in, in every game. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about working alongside Al and Chris, because they are such legends in the industry. Um, and it seems that there's such a strong rapport and chemistry between the three of you, which really makes it fun to watch. What is it like working alongside the two of them? Well, sometimes you pinch yourself and you say, am I really part of this crew? Because to me, they are Hall of Fame. Um, and it, uh, it's, but, but I think the reason the rapport is there is you spend a lot of time together every week during the football season. And you, you go out to dinner a lot. And, you know, you, you just hang out. You drive to meetings together. You drive to games together. And there's so much casual conversation. And you get to know each other's families. And, um, you, you know, you, you find out that someone's grandson scored a goal in hockey or Chris's daughter, you know, did raced a really good race at Harvard. Or I tell them about my kid's baseball game or my daughter's soccer game. And it's all of those things. And you become really invested friends. And I think that's true for the whole, the whole crew. There's a lot of mutual respect. There's a lot of hard work together. There are a lot of late nights and early mornings and long days. And, um, fortunately, we do. We genuinely like each other. So it's, it makes it really easy. And yeah, that that comes through. And that definitely comes through that you genuinely enjoy each other. Sunday Night Football remains the most watched program in primetime. And, you know, I, I think that your, your broadcast team does an exceptional job. But overall, TV ratings in the NFL have declined. What do you make of the changes in viewership? And as a reporter, how do you try to pull the audience back in? Well, I think the changes have a lot to do with the way that we view anything these days. You know, there are all these different platforms, digital platforms, um, you know, and I think I watch my own kids who are 12 and 9 and the way that they uh, that they watch things. You know, a lot of time it's um, spending 10 minutes on YouTube or they're flying through Instagram and finding that their news that way or finding out that, you know, a wide receiver did this because they were on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And... So there are a lot of ways to to get your your dietary needs of television, <laughs> ratings of, of, of television in general um, have have come down. I've noticed that in in all kinds of uh, facets, and there are a million more channels than there used to be too. You know, so all of those things have to be taken into account. Um, but so it really is a remarkable thing, and it really does it, it is satisfying to know that we we keep. We keep the ratings high, and we're we're up there. Um, as far as me trying to keep people in, I think what we try to do is reach out on those other platforms. We do Facebook Live interviews during the week. We um, we tweet stuff out during the broadcast. We've got a social media person on the sideline who's taking a bunch of photos and 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 sending those out. So uh, my job remains the same. My job is to keep my my stories succinct and interesting and informative and and updated. Um, and you just hope that that matters enough to the audience. And as we mentioned, you know, earlier in this conversation, you pour countless of hours uh, of preparation into every broadcast. You just said you have to be succinct and really on at all times at the top of your game. And often this is on a hectic travel schedule and on very little sleep. But in addition uh, to being a broadcaster, you're a wife and a mom. How do you balance it all? You know, I, I think that every mom, wife, 
single mom in America is challenged with this every single day. So thank goodness for deodorant, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> the stress me, of it all. <laughs> sweating too much and, and stinking it up. Um, you know, it's, it's about prioritizing and it's about being fact-based rather than emotion-based. If I let myself get overwhelmed by the, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do, uh, you know, and that stress, then that's not a good approach. So I try to look at it factually and I remind myself, you got through yesterday so you can get through today. You got through last year, you can get through this year, you know, and I, my mom raised four kids and worked and um, put us all through college along with my dad. And she always said to me, put one foot in front of the other, just put one foot in front of the other. And that's really all you can do. I do keep a lot of lists around the house and I keep <laughs> off and trying to make sure I'm prioritizing what's most important on that list. Instead of just putting out fires, I'm starting. To, I'm trying to look at the important things. Um, so when my kids come home from school, it's all about them. When they're gone, that's when I get the stuff done that I have to get done. So um, it is balancing, but er- I think every mom in America knows it and goes through it. So it's uh, it's we all just keep putting that one foot in front of the other. Now, um, I want to go back really quickly to the secret video series. Um, and you and you said you don't consider yourself a pioneer, but this series really does celebrate women who have broken down barriers in football. When you think back to the beginning of your career, how far do you think the culture surrounding women in the game has come? Oh, it's come a long way. I mean, I can picture myself right now at a at a uh, Charlotte Hornets press conference when I was first working in radio in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I think I was the only woman there. Um, and, and I just, I remember observing that, but I re- and I remember thinking to myself, you better be ready because you're going to be scrutinized because you're the only woman here, you know? And, but I think um, over the years, you see more and more, there are more women in print, there are more women digitally, there are more women on television, radio, it's, it's everywhere, and it's, it's great to see. And, uh, you know, to see some really hardworking, really deserving people get some great opportunities, it's, it's great to see, and it just tells me that there's more, there's more ahead, and you'll see more and more. Um, so it certainly has changed. Uh, I remember talking to Robin Roberts when she was still at ESPN, and we talked about, you know, how in the beginning of your career you're afraid to wear makeup, you're afraid you wanted to be taken seriously so you didn't, you know, want to play up your femininity too much or, you know, <laughs> wear a skirt or something. You know, you're just, like, kind of watchful. But I think that's changed a lot, too, and women are allowed to be themselves. I think it's much more about content than it is about, you know, what you're wearing or what you look like. So um, that's all good. Well, I think that's such a powerful message just to be the best version of yourself that you can be for all women out there. Right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. One last question for you. Uh, When you cover a major event such as the Super Bowl, which we'll all be tuning in to see you on the sideline and to watch the game, uh, for you, what what excites you the most as a sideline reporter? I think that opening on camera uh, for me – is like the you focus on that you know you got to hit it out of the park right there and and it'll set the tone for you um you know that's that's your kind of your focal moment and then the post game and hoping to be really involved and have a great story in the post game where you can chase somebody down or get them in their most excited elated moment of, of one of their most excited elated moments of their lives and bring that to the audience it's, it's really fun to be able to 
to engineer the right questions for that moment. And, and um, it, it's, it's just such a spectacle. It, people like to say it's the same game. It's just the same game. And in a way it is. You're first and ten. You're, you're kicking off. You're punting. You're doing the same stuff. But the environment is a lot different. Um, and everything, the adrenaline gets a little bit higher. And you just, you just hope to be at your very, very best. But it's, it's an incredible that opening kickoff, the number of flashballs, it's just awesome. It's a really fun environment, and it's just a privilege to be a part of. Well, it was an honor to speak to you today. Thank you so much for the time, Michelle. We truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this week's episode of Ball Like a Girl. If you like what you heard, then let us know. Give us some love on iTunes by rating the show and leaving us a review. We Love hearing from you guys, and it's also helpful to know the guests that you're interested in, the topics that you're enjoying, or maybe topics that you want to hear more of. So make sure uh, you go on iTunes, leave us a review, and while you're there, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. We have Steph Lowe on next week, who is a sports reporter with the Seattle Times and the president of the Football Writers Association of America. She's actually the first woman to hold that position, so we are really excited to talk with her about that position along with a variety of many other topics. Now, if you have a question for Steph, send it to us through social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll make sure that we're on the lookout for your questions, and we'll select a few to use in the show. Our next episode drops on Wednesday, so be on the lookout or just hit subscribe so you don't have to worry about it. But until then, thank you guys for listening as always and have a great week.